0: praise God. Let's clap it up, guys. <clears throat> so good. Well, we're in week two of the other guy. How was week one for you? Is it good? Praise the Lord. Thank you. Hey, before we get started, which we're definitely going to get into the word of God, I want to make a few announcements. And the first being uh, Highlight Christmas is, uh-oh. oh, well, we can talk about that too. Highlight Thanksgiving. Let's talk about that go ahead we can pull that back up all right great so highlight like thanksgiving uh november 22nd at 3 p.m we will be uh facebook live um or you can catch us on youtube um, i don't know what you're going to be doing but um if you're not doing anything between three and four uh, besides eating we'd love for you to chime in it's going to be a, a message of encouragement there on your thanksgiving holiday and so, check us out, Facebook Live, November 22nd, Thanksgiving. Uh, and then, Highlight Christmas is coming your way on Monday, December 24th. We have, uh, okay, Jesus was born for you and me. and Okay, well, I guess we're going to be empty that day. All right, well, all right. So, Highlight Christmas, December 24th, 2 p.m. and 4 p.m. Uh, please invite, 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 and come in your finest uh, Christmas clothing. We're going to have a lot of fun. It's going to be good. Got a lot of special features that day. 2 p.m. and 4 p.m. all for you, and it's going to be great. I do want to also let you know, if I haven't already, we won't be having a worship experience on December the 30th. That's a Sunday, so no worship experience. We want to give our superheroes uh, some time off, uh, so maybe you want to travel or go see some family out of town. We want to give you a rest, and uh, we will see you, though, on Sunday, January, I think it's 6th, if we can go ahead and pull that up. Um, we will, uh, it'll be our first Sunday where we hold two worship experiences. Oh, wow. Cool. I'm more stoked about Christmas than I am, because <laughs> you know that's the first Sunday of our fast, right? Uh, okay, I guess, all right. So uh, we'll have two worship experiences, and it- it's been packed house-, house in here for the past uh, five to six weeks or so, and it's just time to make more room for people. Um, we'll have a 9.15 a.m. service and a 11 a.m. service, and uh, it's going to be great. I get to... Uh, preach twice, so I can cover some mistakes that I made in, in the first sermon, and our worship team can do what it does in the second uh, worship experience, and it's going to be awesome. So um, just, uh, are you, who, who's an early bird in here? Okay, who, who's a late sleeper in her? Wow, okay, about half and half. We're going to have great turnouts. Cool, cool. All right, well, uh, let's get into the Word of God. Are we ready? All right, so John 3, uh, John chapter 3, we're going to dive in right here. It says this. It says, there was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. It says this, what do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus? How can an old man go back into his mother's womb, weird, and be born again? Someone say, I'm boring." The Bible is not born. Okay, good. You guys are stuffy today. It must be the heater or something. It was funnier when I practiced it in the mirror. But... <laughs> Great, cool. <laughs> Verse 5. Jesus replied, <laughs> I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water in the spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. And uh, today is entitled Birth by Breath. Birth by Breath. I remember uh, growing up, um, my cousin, man, oh, I love my cousin to death. He was like the closest thing to my heart. And uh, th- there were, there were times where we would, going, going to the house, and we would play video games all day long, and uh, there was one particular game, I think it was like NBA Live, I don't know, like 99 or something, <laughs> lets you know how old I am, um, NBA Live or something, and we played, you know, he chose a team, and I chose a team, you know, I chose the Chicago, no, Jordan was retired, I don't know who I chose, but he chose a team, and I chose a team, and he played his season, I played my season, and it was like a 28-game season, um, two-minute quarters. Um, so whenever he played his game, I'd have to wait. Whenever I played my game, I'd have to wait. So my team went 28-0 and in our season. His team went 28-0. I made it through the Western Conference. He made it through the Eastern Conference. We meet in the championship game, and we go to game seven, the last game of the championship. And I remember, I remember I was 99, I was 12 years old, and uh, he was kicking my tail, man. First quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter, I closed the gap on, on, the, on the, uh, the score. And It was like 30 seconds left on the clock, and I gave it to my best player, whoever I was playing with, and he goes up and he misses the shot, and uh, my cousin gets the ball, his team is already up by two points, and all he has to do is hold the ball and they win the championship. You know The computer has a, a celebration, and, and it's all just stupid, but whatever. Um, welcome to Highlight Church. We say things like stupid and suck and all that stuff. So. And so all he has to do is just hold the ball. And I'm like, oh, no, you are not holding the ball. And so I get up, and I press the reset button, bam. And granted, we, we've been playing playing all day, so we're not saving our season. We don't save, like, we don't turn off the game. We started at 7 a.m., and it's like 10 p.m., and it's like, say something. Say something. Ah! And so I ran, and, uh, you know, like, you know, there, there's a sense in which, man, you know, he made it all the way to the top, and I made it all the way to the top, and, I was undefeated, and I'm in the championship, and we're in the last game. And it became quite evident that uh, even though I had been winning the entire season, I was coming to the end of of my season, and I was about to lose. And um, all I wanted was a reset. All I wanted was a new beginning. And so you see Nicodemus here, he is a Jewish leader. uh, And it's funny, he says to Jesus that, how can an old man— Re-enter his mother to be born again. And um, you can tell that by that phrase, Nicodemus is older. He is what we call a Pharisee. So Pharisees have been given um, authority by the Roman government to enforce laws, more specifically uh, biblical laws. They are also the only ones in Jesus' day who have the authority to interpret the Bible. The common man could not interpret the Bible much less own their own a copy of the scripture. In uh, this time, the Bible was pretty much nailed to the pulpit. And so they had authority to read it and interpret it and um, condemn people and make up their own laws and their own interpretations. And they know the Bible like the back of their hand. Um, Nicodemus is a man who has many accolades. Um, some would say in his day, if you're a Pharisee, he would have the equivalent of a Ph.D. In all things life, if you are Jewish, you would look up to someone like Nicodemus. Um, Nicodemus was financially stable. He had no worries, uh, no concerns, no fears. Nine times out of ten, he was married, and he had kids. He, I mean, Nicodemus, man, he, he, the life. He was living the life. And the Bible tells us that he goes to Jesus at nighttime. And the reason he goes to Jesus at nighttime is because the Pharisees reject Jesus. They consider Jesus a heretic, a rebel. They consider Jesus too young to be relevant, too young to be as wise as he is. But they can't deny the power that Jesus operates in. So the Bible says that he goes to see Jesus at nighttime. Number one, because he doesn't want to be associated with Christ, but he does want to be educated by Christ. So he wants to be educated. And you get a sense in which he's looking for meaning. And not just meaning, but a new beginning. A new beginning. And it's like he's one, he's one, he's one, he has the money. He has the degrees. He, he has the, the home. He, he has the, the horses. He has the cattle. He has the gold. Oh, they dressed in the finest linens, the Pharisees. They had a lot of margin in their bank account. But it's almost like he, he, he's getting to the end of his life and he's like, I really haven't been winning at what really matters. You get this young man, he's coming along and He's hitting the streets, and he's changing lives, and people are flooding out of our synagogues and following this guy wherever he goes. That right. is the deal? So he goes to Jesus, and he says, we know you've been sent to for God. And to be honest, I'm, I'm looking for meaning. I want to be enlightened, and I'm looking for a new beginning. Because I've come to find out, being a 60, 70-year-old man, all this really doesn't matter. But whatever you have, I want. And I'm willing to risk my neck to get it. And so Jesus begins this discourse about being born of the Holy Spirit. He says, unless you're born of the Spirit, you can't see what god is doing and you can't enter into where god is when you die unless you're born again let's talk about the spirit a little bit what jesus is talking about so the word spirit in the hebrew it means ruach in the hebrew the word is ruach and it means breath breath the word spirit that jesus would have used though in the new testament is translated Greek would have been pneuma. And this word here means wind or breath. He's telling Nicodemus in order to really see God and to enter into the things of God, you have to be born by breath. Born by breath. And so, what are a few characteristics of of wind and breath? I mean, number one, we understand this about the spirit is that it is unseen but real you can't see the wind but it's real you know I was um, I was at home yesterday and man I was just looking out was such a beautiful day yesterday but what intrigued me the most about yesterday is for me personally as a preacher having prepared this message all week it was an affirmation from God that as a church we're in the right season you saw how windy it was outside? Yeah, it, was good. Just, it was beautiful. We couldn't see the wind, but it was there. I'm from, I'm from Florida, definitely a hurricane state. And so you have water and thunder and lightning and you got to buy the water and buy the dry goods and buy the canned goods and Buy your generator and do all this stuff and blah, 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 blah. And so you have water and thunder and so on and so forth. But your main concern as a resident and your main concern as far as survival is, is, is concerned is the wind. The wind. We don't see it. We don't see the spirit, but we see its effects. Jesus said this about God in John 4, 24a. He said that God is spirit. But let's do some translation. The image of God is breath. It's, he, he is wind. It's why you can't see God with your physical eyes. You can't see God. He is wind. And then we understand last week, if you would catch the podcast, in which I'd encourage you to, today I'm teaching, okay? So I don't, I don't know, you know, if we got studious people or Good. sleepy people, but I'm going to speak to the up people and the yeah. studious people, the people who want breakthrough today, who want clarity. Um, my man Dennis, I'm with you. The people who are taking notes, unless you have a photographic memory. I'm speaking to you. Good. So we understand that God is God the Father, God the Son, Jesus Christ, and God the Holy Spirit. And so God is triune, but Father God is unseen. Jesus, when he was on the earth, he was filled with the Spirit of God, which we can't see, though he was filled. Then when he went to heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit, which we still can't see. But if you believe in Christ, he resides on the inside of you. But the effects of the spirit are real. I just think about it. Any closer to the sun, we burn. Any further, we freeze. I don't know if that's a coincidence of a bank. I think a person is responsible for how the planets have been specifically placed in the universe. Jupiter saves us all the time from asteroids and comets that would otherwise uh, uh, obliterate the planet Earth. I don't think that's the result of a bang. I think there is a God that we can't see that exists outside of what we can see that was extremely strategic in placing the planets where they are. And Hebrews even says this. If you read Hebrews 11 it says that for the things that are seen were made by the things that are not. Can you see this? Can you see that? But is it real? The spirit is unseen but it's real. It's it's real. For God is spirit. The Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. It, it's real. It's real. Another thing about wind is wind is powerful. Wind is powerful. It says this here: uh, Rockport, Missouri, about a small town of about two thousand people. The entire city is powered by wind. They they no longer use uh, just normal electricity uh, by means of the way that we we get it. It says this here in Acts chapter one six through eight. So when the apostles were with Jesus. This is after Jesus has risen from the dead. And they asked him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? So they're asking him uh, a very secular, carnal, selfish question right now. They're like, are you going to restore us and put us back on top of the world? And I love Jesus's response. He replied, the father alone has authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. What he's saying is, is that you're concerned about the wrong things. You notice that he, he doesn't even answer Nicodemus's concern. Yeah, like Nicodemus comes in praising him. Oh, my God, we know you're sinned of God. And for whatever reason, you're 30 years younger than us and you're smarter than us. And your life is just so great and it's so blessed and God's using you in amazing ways. And he just shot straight. He said, unless you're born again, you'll never understand the things of God. Because yeah. what you're really seeking is the spirit of God. He just cuts straight forward, and he says this here to the disciples. He says, but you will receive power. The Greek word there is dunami, God's inherent abilities to fulfill your assignment when the holy yeah. Come on. comes, wow. yeah. and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, And the ends of the earth. It's interesting that he said you need to to wait here because you're going to receive power when my spirit comes to do the things that you really want to do. To do the things that you're really called to do. To be the mother that you know you can be. To be the father that you know you're called to be. To be the business owner you know you're called to be. To be the leader you know you're called to be. When you receive the spirit you'll receive the power that you need to fulfill the calling that's on your life. It's powerful. It's powerful. And he says this here, Acts 2, 1 through 4, on the day of Pentecost. So this is 50 days after Jesus dies. He is resurrected. And this is seven days after Jesus has went to heaven. So this is seven days after Acts 1, 6 through 8. This is a week later. He says, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven, like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. (sighs) (sighs) I want to talk to my young people in here. I was 19 years old when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You are not too young. The Spirit of God is the coolest thing going And it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like, what looked like flames or, or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. We'll talk a little bit about the gift of tongues next Sunday. We're not going to spend a lot of time on it here. But at whatever rate, when they received the Spirit, they were able to do things that they previously we were not able to do. Right. The Spirit enabled them to fulfill their God-given calling. Someone asked me the other day, and I don't have this in my notes, so I battled with telling you this, but I think it's, it's, uh, it's valuable. Um, <clears throat> someone asked me the other day, they said, since Jesus was God, did he use the power of the Holy Spirit to do what he did? And I said, the answer is yes and yes. All right, so if God is triune, he is the Father, he's the Son, and he's the Holy Spirit. He used the power of God. But, but because he was God and a bot, Philippians 2 tells us this. Baby, I know you're listening. Philippians 2 tells us this. It tells us that he laid down his divine rights as God the Father. And he tapped into the power of the Spirit. Now, let me translate this to to us because maybe this doesn't make a lot of sense to you. Okay, I'll just use me because this is easy. Before I received the Holy Spirit at the age of 19, my thought process was not to date and marry a woman who had a child that was not biologically mine and to want to take care of that child and to raise him up. My thought was, let me... Do this, do that, do this, do that on my own accord. As many women, as many blah, 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 focus on the money, get the education, get the degrees. So I know that the power of the Holy Spirit is real because my desires changed and I became less about me and more about him, and only the Spirit can do that in your life. You don't just wake up and say, I'm going to stop pursuing this stuff. No, no, no. The Spirit gives you power. God's inherent abilities. And what you need is you need the power of God. You need the Spirit. Another thing about the Spirit is is this, is it is life-giving. Am I boring you today? All right. I know that... I know Dream Big Series was great, but the Lord was like, yeah, it was great. <laughs> but unless they get this, yeah. Yeah, right. they don't get that dream. Yeah. Yeah. We're on the same page? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is where it's at. Yeah. Uh, unless you know how to pray, and I'm, I'm going to get real, real good with you now. Unless you know how to pray for hours without ceasing, I, I mean hours without ceasing. See, see, we're in a generation now where, where pastors are telling other pastors, hey, don't, don't put so much pressure on your congregation. You know, tell them if, if they can read two verses a day and if they can pray for two seconds a day. You know, we don't want people to go out the church. We want people to come in and don't put too much pressure on them. No, no, no. I love you, but people need to start praying four hours at a time, just just laboring in the presence of God. Man, there have been times where I just got in seasons where God would just lay me out just in his presence for, for 30 minutes and an hour and an hour and a half, and then God just shows you something, and he sets you free, and he, he just gives you something to write down of substance and so that you can really live in it five, 10 years later. None of this, oh, I got my dreams and I'm gonna just pursue them. And you know, uh, 30 days later, you're back depressed. No, I've been in prayer and I know it's gonna come to pass. I've been praying in the spirit. I'm just hours just laid down. We need to start getting like this, folks. I, I promise he'll talk to you. Uh, don't be like Nicodemus. Please. Don't, don't win at, at what doesn't matter. Be like Jesus. Be 30 years old. Be, be 31 years old. And, and be good. Because you, you got what's right. Yeah. The Spirit. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Be, I love that. Ain't that so good? Be, be 30 years old and get what's right. Yeah. Yeah. The Spirit. Don't be like Nicodemus, man. Like, we, we really need to ask God, Lord, what are you calling me to? And, God, what decisions I need to make. And, Spirit, what are you leading me into? Like, I don't want to waste time. I don't want to waste money. God, like, do something with my flesh, Lord. Just talk to me, God. Be like Jesus. This man, the greatest man to ever. Come on, let's think practically here. The greatest man to ever live. And he did it all in 33 years. Lance, you're catching me, bro. You're catching me. And and his heart was just serving the things of God, the word of God, the presence of God. He didn't care what people thought about him. When he was 18, he didn't care what they thought. He, when he was 19, he didn't care. When he was 15, he didn't care what they thought. Oh, y'all go ahead and sleep around. I'm going to stay pure because I got a calling. When he was, you know, when he was 28, he didn't care what they thought because he had a calling on him. And he was led by the spirit. Now, old man Nicodemus want to know, what's up with you, bro? What's going on with you, bro? Let me tell you something, old man. I'm walking in the spirit, and I don't care what they think. And I've been listening to God, and I've been in the presence of God. I've just been in God's presence. <sighs> Killing it. And that's part of the problem. That's why Nicodemus came at nighttime. Because he cared what people thought. And that's how he lived his entire life. Man, I gotta have the clothes. I gotta have the money. I gotta get to this. I got, man. So I know you from God, man. Like, tell me the secret. Hmm. If you're not born of the Spirit, excuse me, young man. <laughs> if you're not born of the Spirit, you'll never step into everything God has for you. Yeah. It's life giving. We need breath. To live. Genesis 2 verse 7 says this. Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life, the ruach, into the man's nostril. And the man became a living person. John six sixty three a says this. The spirit alone gives eternal life. So the spirit is life-giving. If you hold your breath too long, you die. It gives life. And so what does Nicodemus want? If you're taking notes, Nicodemus wants fulfillment, he wants power, and he wants true life. I I want that. Anyone else? I don't know. About Seven percent. Anyone else? It just amazes me how I can preach one series, and it's like, yeah, yeah, dreams, dreams. But we talk about the deeper, more important things. I don't want to misinterpret you. Hopefully you're taking notes, and this is bearing witness in your heart, but this is where it's at. You know, when when I was off to to college, you know, my dad was moving out the house, and my grandma was slowly dying. And I, I, didn't, I didn't want to go home. I just wanted to go back to Tallahassee. Because I, I would go back to Orlando and try to spend time in the presence of God. But because all, of all the vitriol and the trouble that was going on at home, it, it sucked out my time with the Lord. I couldn't wait to get back to Tallahassee so I could be in the presence of God. I think I think what I'm really trying to communicate, because none of this is really in my notes. Got other stuff in there. What I'm really trying to communicate is, and the the best life is lived in the spirit. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and when you start living in the spirit it feels like you're losing at first and it feels like you're losing for years. I'm just telling you right now, it feels like you're losing for years. But then you turn 33. Metaphorically. And you start winning. Then you're dying and you're from the grave and you're going to heaven on a cloud. (laughs) Metaphorically speaking. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You must be born again. Okay, you must be born again. And so, how how do we receive the baptism? Well, he's saying you need to be born again. the, the phrase "born again" is a in the Greek, and it means you need to be born from above. This is what he to translate what Jesus is telling Nicodemus: You need to come from above. So let me let me t- teach you. There are three heavens, okay? The first heaven is what you see, the blue skies, the clouds. The second heaven is space. The third heaven is where the Spirit of God resides. And what Jesus is telling Nicodemus is, in order to step into all these things that you want, you have to be born from above. What he's saying is you must receive the the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The word baptism means immersion. Immersion means go under. So he's saying you must have faith to the point where the Holy Spirit is dispatched from heaven and he goes under. You catch that? There are three heavens. Paul talks about them. I can cross-reference you in Corinthians. First heaven, second heaven, where God resides. You have to be born from above, Nicodemus. Okay? How do I get the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Number one, I got to repent. Repent. The word repent means to turn or to have a change of mind. I got to repent. Ephesians 2, 1 through 2 says this. This is so good. It says, once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world, He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who disobey God. So the Bible is teaching us that outside of Christ, we are dead. Outside of faith in Jesus, we are dead people walking. It's the Bible, not me. I'm just a messenger, okay? So when Jesus starts his ministry in Matthew 4, verse 17, he says, From then on, Jesus began to preach. What was his first word? Repent. Turn, have a change of heart for your sins, from your sin, of your sins and turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is near. He's he's saying repent. He's saying that. He's saying that if I'm going in this direction. And God is in that direction. There's no way that I can be heading in this direction. And the spirit of God come into my heart. So what he's saying is he's saying, I'm here. Salvation is here. Turn. Turn to me. You have to, you have to make a, a conscience effort to examine your life. Examine your thoughts. Examine your actions. And ask yourself, am I walking with God? Am I walking by faith? Or, or, or am I walking away from God? So the first instruction in order to receive the spirit of God is to turn. It's right. to turn. And I'd even encourage you with this. If you are a believer, I believe you should practice daily repentance. You may be saved, you may have the spirit, but there are certain areas that God wants to direct you, but you're heading in the opposite direction. So practice daily repentance in these areas that the Holy Spirit will bring up to you. If you don't, you're always going to see frustration in that area of your life. And God doesn't want that for your life. So I have to repent. I have to turn. Um, We we get into certain things like certain sins. And some people will say, well, that sin is the same as that sin. I won't mention any sins, but they'll say that sin is sin is sin. You can't judge me because a lie is the same as this. So I, I want to help you out here. Someone may lie, but there's a difference in telling a lie versus being a liar. One is a lifestyle. The other is a sin. Okay? And and so when the Bible talks about uh, the tough stuff that that we want to be so gracious about as humans, but we haven't gotten clarity from the Scripture. The Bible condemns that lifestyle because what it is is it's a person proactively in that thing. When Jesus has died for their freedom, he's died for their forgiveness. He's died to give them his spirit so they can turn and find life and find power and find meaning. And so there's a difference in one sin versus a lifestyle. I wake up in lust. I wake up in lying. I wake up in this. Versus saying, I need to make a conscious effort to turn. And when I do that, I'll receive the power I need to continue. Is this good? A lot of people getting up today. I think what God is doing, He's pruning our church, and that's fine. Dream big. Holy Spirit. It's okay. That's okay. 33. 33. I'll see you. Second thing you must do is believe. Believe. Once again, it's about taking that healthy inventory of your life and looking at your life and saying, man, you, you have Jesus here who was sinless, he died on a cross for my sins. I'm a sinner in need of a savior. So, so, so the Bible teaches us to believe. Ephesians 1, 12 through 13 says this. God's purpose was that we, Jews, who were the first to trust in Christ, would bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. Gentiles, anyone who is not a Jew. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own, by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. So I got to turn, then I have to trust. And, and Jesus said, more blessed are they who have never seen me. I, I, I've never met Jesus in my life. Have you? Have you? And his promises is this, more blessed are you but I just believe and I trust because I know where I come from. I know the struggles I've had. I know what I've seen mom and dad go through. I know the poverty. I know the drug addictions. I know the broken homes. I know, I know the loneliness. I know my own personal struggles. I know it all. But boy, when I put faith in Jesus, it started this freedom process in my life. And even though I have not seen him, I believe that he is real. And he is good. And he died on a cross for my sins. And he died so I don't have to die. And he rose so that I'll rise in the last days. I believe it. I've never seen him, but I believe it. And I believe this thing with ever every fiber in my bone. I straight up talk to anybody about Jesus. And when you believed, you that's when you receive it. Repent. Believe. I turn from this lifestyle. I turn from this dark thinking. I, I turn from the ways of my father and my father' fathers and my mom, my mom. I turn from it. And I believe that you are Lord. You are Savior. You are good. You are God. You did live. You did have power. You did do miracles. And I can do those same things that you did because I have your spirit. I believe you are faithful to the church. So I'll be faithful to my wife. You are faithful to us, so I'll be faithful to my children. You are wise, so I'm going to be wise with my money. You are wise, so I'm going to be wise in my interactions. You are wise, and I believe that it comes from your hand and your hand only, Jesus. So what he's telling Nicodemus is this. He's saying, I know you guys know the Bible back and forth like the back of your hand. But he's saying, if you read the Bible, I'm in all 66 books of the Bible. So, Nicodemus, what I need you to do is turn. Jesus, but I got plaques and I got bread and I got this. I need you to turn. Because I'm the source of it all. I need you to believe. Because further in the chapter, we go down to verse 16. um, um, For God so loved the world. He's going to tell Nicodemus that God sent his one and only son. Me. This is what you're looking for, Nick not this, me, sent this one and only son, and whomever shall believe shall not die, but inherit eternal life. What does death mean? It means separation from, from God forever, but once you believe, you enter a relationship with the Spirit of God, who is a person, And the title of next week's message, you ready for it? Even a heater blows cold air. So we'll be talking about intimacy with the spirit. So you can become pregnant. Anyway, so with something. By the spirit. By the spirit. It's a relationship. I believe. I've never met you, but I believe in you. The third thing we must do is profess. Profess profess. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says this, if you openly declare, another word for declare is profess, that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. Perfect. Many of you have heard the story, but I've never told it at this speed with this sort of uh, uh, concentration and focus on this specific part. i got five minutes. Um, <clears throat> so there was a season uh, back in 2006. I had just got back into school at Tallahassee, my second year in college. And uh, like I said, some of you have heard it, so just bear with me. Uh, my best friend, he was inviting me to a Bible study. It was like for four weeks. And. Every, every week, i just slam my door in his face. And um, I'd say, you know, I'm good, bro. I was raised in church. I'm like, I got it. You know, I'm good. And so I'd slam the door in his face and do my homework, play video games, turn up. It was Lil Wayne, T.I., and Jay-Z in that day. I don't know about <laughs> Lil Yachty and all that stuff y'all listen to. And so um, I don't even listen to rap no more, man. It, it's, it's terrible right now.
1: <laughs>
0: man, what are you saying? And so, um, and so, yeah, I used to do that. And then one day he just came to me he said, Josh, come for me. Come for me. I said, all right, whatever. I'm not, you know, I don't have to believe, you know, I'll sit. I'll, I'll come to church. I'll sit through it, right? Some of you came because you were forced today, so you got to sit through all this. And then the heat. I apologize for the heat. But uh, I was telling my wife while we were getting dressed, I'm, I'm digressing. I need to stay focused. While we were getting dressed, I said, I don't know why people won't believe in Jesus, it is hot, <laughs> and there's a fifty percent chance that you're right—that Jesus is not the way. But if He is, it's hot. You don't want to be. All right, anyway. See y'all. Uh, yeah, you feel me? Like my grandma would say, "Hey, Josh, can you take out the, the the cake from the oven?" And I was like seven or eight. Come on, Jason, you can close me out. I was like seven or eight, and I used to open that oven oh my god I never want to go to hell it's hot like you don't even have to preach the bible just open an oven it is hot you need to believe today like don't play with it bro like please don't play I I can read some scriptures where Jesus is real the fires of hell never are extinguished so anyway yeah, man, like, so I, um, I went, and the, the first week, I was blown away. I, like I said, I was 19 years old. This young man was, like, 24, 25. And so he was teaching the Bible, and I'm like, man, he's relevant, and he's cool, and he dresses like me. I can dig this God thing. So I kept coming, and around uh, week four, about, about four, four weeks in, uh, we were in a small classroom, and he, he preached about spiritual oppression, but it was in a very encouraging way. He revealed some things, and I could, I could relate, like, man, I'm, I'm really struggling in life. And I don't know if I have faith in Christ. I was raised in the church, but I don't know if I have faith. And um, he presented the good news. Jesus died for your sins, and God loves you. And I mean, I was, my heart was pounding at this point. And so uh, we stood up, because there was about six of us in this Bible study, and it's like, does anyone want to receive Christ as their Savior? And so, you know, I'm like, "Eh, I'm good. So we prayed, and when he was done praying, we broke out. I just couldn't let that thing go. I'm like, I'm not right with God. I am not saved. And I need salvation. I'm broken. I'm hurt. I run to my vices. They give me pleasure for a moment, but they let me down. My friends, uh, they're not focused. It's their first two years in college. I knew I was broken. Dating two and three different girls and lying about it. And it was just bad. I was heading in the same direction as my father and my uncles and my brothers. I just saw it. I was stomping. So I walked up to him. He was packing up. I said, hey. Um, I want to be saved. I want to give my heart to Jesus. He said, for real, man? I said, yeah. He said, all right, let's go back in, because we we're out in the hallways. He said, let's go back in the classroom. And so we prayed. We prayed that prayer of salvation, and you know, I believe Jesus is the Son of God. And Lord, forgive me. I repent of my sins. Fill my heart. And I came out of that prayer just bald. Just crying. Just crying. And I could not stop crying. My best friend and I, we walked to my car. It was 10 minutes from uh, the English building to the parking lot. And I was just like, man, I'm safe, man. I'm safe. All my sins are washed. I'm not oppressed. I'm not addicted. I'm free. I'm alive. I'm safe. I'm safe cry and, and so you know like when a baby is born he or she comes out crying and they do that to jump start their lungs now, I, I don't think that you have to cry when you receive the Holy Spirit but there should be some sort of knee-jerk reaction in you that says yesterday was the last day I lived in that reality I am born again. And it was that day in October of 2006 that has led to this day. We have to stop playing church. got to stop playing church with every head bow just want to let you know that God loves you his forgiveness is real no matter what you've done the grace of God is present Maybe you're a believer, but you're far from God. You haven't been walking with God. God bless you. If you say, God, I've never received the spirit. But, Lord, it's me today. So I'm just going to pray over you. Father God, I that you would touch every heart in this room. That you would speak to them specifically where they are. God, we thank you for Jesus Christ, our Savior. We thank you for forgiveness and love and grace and a new beginning. Now, if you've never given your heart to Christ and today is your day, or if you're coming back to Jesus I would just ask. We're not even going to count today. I would just ask that you would raise your hand right now. We're not going to embarrass you. We just want to pray for you and pray with you as a church. If you're coming to Jesus Christ, if you don't know if you have the spirit of God, I said that you would raise that hand. Raise that hand high. God bless you. God bless you. Put that hand down. Thank you. God bless you. Just pray this in your heart. I'm not going to have you repeat after me today, but pray this in your heart. Father God, I love you. And I repent of my sins, my life of sin. Lord, I believe that Jesus is the son of God. And he came to die on a cross so that I would have eternal life. Now fill me with your spirit. Give me power. Give me meaning. Watch me. Cleanse me. Lord, I love you. I give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen.